is Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this M.I.C. I brought a couple man alongside of me. I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot. We got murder stats and guests galore. You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore. And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics. Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it. Peace! Hello and welcome to the Notorious P.O.D. I'm your host, John Bass, and I'm joined once again, fucking hell, I can't get my words out, once again by my best friend, Gary Royston, Roy, Rolls-Royce Smith. Prefer that. It's alright, actually, isn't it? I might start calling you that from now I'm on. by Rolls-Royce. Yeah, <clears throat> just for that. It has to be an old shit one. Yeah, well, yeah, shouldn't be a problem. There's loads of them kicking about. Yeah. Did you know 75% of all Rolls-Royces that have ever been made are still in working use. That's a good stat. Good stat, isn't it? And they're probably in China. I don't know, they're just probably all around the world, aren't they? That um, is good news. Yeah. <clears throat> You're listening to um, one of our first in a new um, kind of list of bonus episodes for Notorious P.O.D. Normally, if you're a listener to the, to the pod, you'll know that we cover the very best classic golden era hip-hop albums. Um, but we thought we could bring the Notorious P.O.D. Uh, style and approach to some of our other favourite albums that might be from slightly different genres. They're still, in the main, connected to the kind of root of what we call like urban music. Uh, so, you know, genres like grime, R&B, soul, uh, neo-soul, UK hip-hop, etc., etc. So... Jungle, drum and bass. Jungle, drum and bass. Yeah, Ronnie Size album, maybe. Um, So yeah, we want to cover some of those other albums because we love them and we've got a lot of uh, friends and guests who love those albums and we want to talk about it in the same way as we we pick those hip-hop albums apart. We want to do justice to some of these other albums that we like. So we're going to get into um, one of our personal favourites for both of us. Uh, It's Kano's debut album, Home Sweet Home, mate. Yeah. Why why did we decide to start with this? I don't know, because you could feasibly say... Why didn't we start with Boy in the Corner? Yeah, exactly. Um, because, yeah, that would, that's my favourite grime album of all time. But I think it's a bit obvious, really. Um, yeah. Home Sweet Home is perhaps a little bit more, um, let's say, under the radar. Didn't have, necessarily have the critical acclaim. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, grime, I suppose... Garage grime is our second love. I, I yeah, would agree. Sure. I would imagine the same for you, mate. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it certainly is for me. But I think you're right. There's there's other albums um, that we toyed with, kind of starting with Boy in the Corner being one, Treading on Thin Ice, yeah. like Wiley's first Original album. Original Pirate Material. Original Pirate Material, Born to Do It, uh, Voodoo by D'Angelo. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of albums that we want to uh, cover, and we will cover. Yeah. Uh, but we thought we'd start with this just to give you an insight as to kind of what it's going to be like. Um, mm. If you listen to our normal hip hop episodes. It's going to be much the same, so we're going to give you the murder stats, we're going to give you like as much kind of our view on favourite lyrics, favourite tracks and all that jazz. So it'll be um, it'll be very similar in terms of the structure, but we just wanted to let you know we could branch it out into some different genres so you can get a bit more of a view on how things are going. So, so is, is Kano joining us as a guest, mate? That'd be nice. Uh, he's not available, unfortunately, right now. Um, say, yeah. yeah, maybe we'll get him back to do London Town or like some, some other right. album. Um, but right now, let's get into your murder stats. If you've never listened to um, the Notorious P.O.D. before, murder stats is where we give you all the important stats and facts for the album so you can get to know it a little bit more in, in the numbers. And then we talk to uh, all of the stats and facts in a bit more detail for you. So we're going to get into those straight away for you now. These are your murder stats for Kano's Home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home is the debut album by British rapper Kano. It was released on... 
27th of June 2005 by 679 Recordings. Kano was just 20 years old when the album was released. The album received highly positive reviews from music critics and peaked at number 36 on the UK Albums Chart. Six singles were released from the album, P's and Q's, Typical Me featuring Getz, Remember Me, Night Night featuring Leo the Lion and the Streets, Brown Eyes and Signs in Life. Two of the singles, Typical Me and Night Night, peaked within the top 30 of the UK singles chart. Those were your murder stats for Kano's Home Sweet Home. So those were your murder stats for Home Sweet Home. A um, few like interesting things in there, isn't there, mate? I mean, he was very young, 20 years old, when yeah. he like, released this album. Uh, anything else? Like Any other stats that shocked you? Um, no. Um, six releases um, from the album. Um, it's quite it's quite impressive. Obviously, you know, not not all of them necessarily doing big numbers. Big numbers. So what was it? Night night and uh, typical me. Typical were me in the top were the, thirty. Were the, were the best of the, yeah. of the six. Night night, I get um, for sure. Typical me as well for sure. But yeah. no, um, it's like like we were just saying, mate. Um, just shows you how how much of a different place UK music is in that. Yeah, and a lot of these albums that we'll get into on these bonus episodes will probably be like the precursor to what's going on in the UK music scene right now because there's a lot to be said for the UK, and I hate using the word, but the, the urban scene in the UK. So there's lots of kind of different genres fall under that, like the yeah. kind of hip-hop and grime and lots of other um, genres. But nowadays, you know, artists are coming out and they're getting like number ones with their singles. The albums are going to number one. And like for us, when this album came out, like we were both kind of big Kano fans from his kind of underground days. And we'll go into a bit more detail about that. Yeah. Um, so for us, it was a huge thing. Like Kano's got a deal and he's like out and he's like, his yeah. album's amazing. And it's like, it went to number 36 yeah, on the album sure. chart. Like that phased me. Like I just, I didn't think it was number one. Because like you said, it was not as like critically acclaimed as say Boy in the Corner. Yeah, yeah. But it was like a big album in certain circles and I just like that's kinda of phased me like that that's so high up because like we were saying, you know, like Dave's album I think's number one, Stormzy's had number one albums and like the urban scene has come a long way since like two thousand sure. you know, the early two thousands when, you know, the scene the grime scene started crossing over into the mainstream. It's quite yeah, interesting, isn't definitely. it? Definitely. Um so mate, what were your like early memories of this album? Because like I said, we were kind of on board with Kano from, you know, back in the day when he was uh, doing like Lord of the Mics, yeah. like the Wiley Clash and like early scenes, we were kind of like, whoa, this guy's like amazing. But yeah. when the album came out, like how did that feel? Like, what, do you remember like? Yeah, so, so interestingly, mate, obviously all of the Notorious pods have always been, you know, looking looking backwards, but this was actually yeah. our time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what, 20 years old, um, something like? Yeah, something. What was it? What was it, 05? Yeah, 05, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, 19, 20 years old. In our peak. Big, big fan of grime. Um, I was rinsing Treading on Thin Ice at the time. Um, I can't quite, around that time, I mean, in, yeah. terms of, in terms of grime, garage, sort of crossover albums, Treading on Thin Ice was always the one for me. But, um, you know, all of those albums were, were getting rinsed and I, I just, like... Yeah, listen to it an awful, listen to them an awful lot. Yeah, that like trifecta of Boy in the Corner, Treading on Thin Ice and Home Sweet Home, like though I just had them three on yeah. like constant rotation, like it was amazing. And I, 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 it genuinely felt like, and it must have felt like how in the States, how hip hop started getting like commercially accepted 
and it started becoming more of a mainstream thing and it was it was more easy to access like rather than having to buy like tape packs or like go and find like clips online of like clashes they were releasing albums worth of material that you could listen to and like it was just it was amazing and and six seven nine are quite a like an established record label so that was kind of quite impressive at the time like fuck like and there's a bashy lyric with uh from the track black boys when he's like when i found out six seven nine signed kano i was like wow okay though yeah and it's like it was a big thing in the streets to get a, like a major deal like that. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I remember just rinsing it so yeah, hard. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, the only other album that's worth mentioning from the same, well, perhaps a little bit earlier was Streets, original Pirates. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, which I think I put as my, there's an Desert Island did. Um, yeah. Original pirate material. Yeah, which will definitely be a bonus episode, by the way. We should do it. We should. There'll be it. a few people that I think would want to jump on that. Um, cause yeah, that Mike, album... Mike Skinner played a big part in, in this album. As yeah, well. absolutely. And we'll we'll get into a bit about the production because actually the the production on this album, some of some of the pro- like producers, what they've gone on to do after is quite impressive actually. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but what, um, one of the things I was going to ask you is like what your favorite tracks are from this album. Hmm. Yeah. I mean. I remember that the biggest thing that kind of cut through for me is was P's and Q's. Right. Because I just, I don't know why, but I felt like that was getting a lot of uh, either love by DJs or, um, don't know about that, I just remember it. And also there's a lyric in there which is like, from London to Luton, I'm moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, because that's kind of near to where we grew up. That's it was why. always like, stayed in my mind as like, that track, I love it. And I just, I just think it's a banger as well. It is, and is it because of the instrument? I was just thinking. Yeah, the instrumental was The hard. instrumental is just really, really great. And I, used to, I remember at the time I was playing. I was actually playing it out, weren't I? Yeah. Like when I was DJing, I was playing P's and Q's. Yeah, I mean that. Um, and and you know mixing it with garage and stuff. And yeah, I mean I'm just gonna find it because it's just a fucking. Yeah, it's so recognisable. This is fucking big. Just when it drops as well, like it just comes, like it just goes quiet and then yeah. it just comes straight in. <laughs> da Vinci. Yeah, yeah, but, Da Vinci. Yeah. I mean, it's just hard, like yeah, this, and I just always felt like this was such a banger when it came yeah. out. Some men don't like me. This is a, it's a big, it's a big tune. So yeah, I always thought so that I love was. It. I love them. Um, some people don't dance no more. Yeah. Because I love the I love the garage like starting. I love the yeah. whole the whole point of the track is very poignant for that moment in time. Yeah. So it was when garage and, and all had been kind of ousted because of the the whole issue around, you know, crime and stuff yeah. like that associated with the rave scene. Yeah. Um like due to allegedly due to certain acts yeah. in, in that in that genre. <coughs> so but, solid. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so it's like, um, well, not not only them. Yeah, but that that it was a couple of major shows yeah. that they were doing that like more fire crew. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, like um, that was that was a, a kind of track which was about um, in his day, Kano's day, twenty years old at the time, our age. He was ultimately pointing the finger, saying, "You know, what's all this about? Like, people don't dance." anymore yeah like people just go to raves and they just want to kind of Move stir up people. drama and stir them up and actually at the time i remember because i've always been such a big fan of old school garage yeah at the time i was just like yeah you know what that is so it's so right and it's so like 
poignant. Yeah, right? mate, totally. But I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the from the grime scene because that that's just the way it was. Yeah, it's a different thing, isn't it? Yeah, it kind yeah. of made me go, wow. Like, what would it have been like to have really been a part of a of an old school garage? Rave, Rave, yeah. Because it was a very much like um, the two scenes, although they're kind of spawned from each other, like, you know, Grime is kind of born out of Garage in the same way as Garage kind of born out of like house records. Yeah, sure. They're so different. Like the culture is so different around Grime and Garage. Like Garage was flashy. It was like, like say, dancing, like guys and girls. Like there was a lot of... MCs were... There to move the party. Yeah, exactly. It was fun. It wasn't about what the MC was saying. It was about how the MC was hosting the night. It was a true meaning of the sense. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't artists trying to create a record. They, yeah, like I said, they were just hosting and like just adding a little like sauce on top of the dish to make it more appealing. It was fun. It was light and it was, yeah, like, you know, people wanted to have a good time and that's why it was like party music. Yeah. Whereas Grimes taking it into a more of an artistic side and it's made it more about songs and people's stories, which is also amazing. Um so yeah, that track's really good, like in yeah. terms of like bridging the gap I think between the two, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um other shouts, Signs in Life, uh, oh, again, wow. is amazing. And it's for so me, it's like poignant, really poignant. Yeah, and yeah, talking yeah. about people, obviously, that he knows that they could have gone the same way as me. But instead, you like, I think it's like you touch drugs and, and Mike, you should have picked yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And stuff like that. I just think like great lyrics. And I just love that. The the um, the chorus, there are lots of signs in life. Yeah. Some that you may not like. Could be living this minute, next minute you've gone. But I just think it's... Yeah, amazing. It's really... It's really great. Like, it is really, like, really the great. The repetitiveness of it. And it's like, it's quite a, it's quite a sort of haunting sound. Yeah, it's that. Instrumental. Where is it? I'll get the instrumental because it's yeah. just that. Da, da, bah, yeah. bah, bah, bah. It's really um, quite powerful. I think it's very right of its time, isn't it, mate? I think it worked for that moment in time. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Um, where is it? Here we go. Yeah. I mean, it's just fucking hard. Yeah. I think this is Fraser T actually. There are lots of signs in life. I mean it's it's it fantastic. Uh really that record's amazing. I mean there's there's loads of great uh, tracks in this album. I think that's one of its like uh kind of key components is there's not many weak spots in it. The only track that I really don't like, um oh, what's it called? I think it's called, yeah, I don't know why. It's a sample, Black Sabbath sample, I think. Don't quote me on that. And I, it just doesn't go, like, I don't, don't, I don't really don't. like it. Yeah. But aside from that, mate, I think the album's amazing. But Agreed. we're talking about producers. Yep. Um, let me just read you this roster of producers, because it's amazing. I think at the time, like, pretty much everyone on here were fairly new. So... Well, they must have all been of a similar age. Yeah, and I, and I guess, like, they were all kind of coming through at the same time. But essentially, the production on this album, the producers are Da Vinci, who was doing absolute bits in the grime scene at that sure, time. Yeah. Diplo, who's now, like, a massive star doing loads of shit around the world. Fuck. Fraser T. Smith, who had, like, masterminded a lot of the production on Born to Do It and yeah. other albums and also gone on to do loads of other albums with a million amazing artists. Mike Skinner, for fuck's sake, who's one of, like, British music's absolute geniuses. Yeah, he is. Uh, Terra Danger, <laughs> like it's, it's amazing. Like it's an incredible it's roster, so nice. isn't it? Like yeah, and and you know, topped off with probably one of the best, if not the best, grime artist at that point in time. Yeah. Who was like so much doing absolute bits. I yeah, mean, blowing what a lineup. What a lineup, mate! Amazing, isn't it? And I think like the the album has produced like some great instrumentals. Like yeah. we mentioned, P's and Q's and Signs in Life. Yeah. Um, Boys love girls. Night night. The Mike Skinner. Yeah. 
production is. I remember on the last Notorious episode we we did, mate, um, a little while ago. Obviously, we were talking about the coming together of a particular group of people. For sure. And that's definitely what this album produced. You know, I mean, it was just um, it was just incredible. What a lineup! It's amazing. You can't go wrong with that, can you? No, exactly. And that's the thing. Like they've all gone on and had like amazing careers doing like various different things, and it's just like that amount of creative people. With an artist, in a lot of ways, and I don't want I don't want this to sound wanky, but in a lot of ways, there's a lot of similarities to this record in terms of the the quality of production and what's going on and the era of grime to like Nas and Illmatic. Right. Like Kano had a massive buzz, like people were talking about him as like, oh my god, this guy's like the best MT in the country. Like he's yeah. amazing. He's going to be the future. You got this amazing catalogue of producers who, at the time, were just his contemporaries, yeah, exactly. and then they've produced like a fucking brilliant album full of tracks. And I'm not saying it's on the same level. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like from the like comparison point of view from the UK music scene and the importance of that album, actually, it is really similar because it did set like a good benchmark for what's come after it. Yeah, and I think like like we said, those albums, Boy in the Corner, Home Sweet Home, Trend on Thin Ice, etc. Yeah, they did set the tone, and they are the kind of early albums. They are the Ready to Dies. They are the Illmatics. Yeah. They are those Thirty Six Chambers. They're the albums that really pushed the envelope for UK right. urban scene. Right. I think so. Really interesting. But um, where does Kano sit for you? Like in the because when we when we do the Notorious P.O.D. the regular episodes, we ask often ask people for their favorite MCs. Sure. Yeah. And we're usually talking about like rappers basically yeah. in the U.S. But where does Kano sit for you, like in terms of like UK MCs? Let's say, like, yeah, where would he be? He's up there. I mean, I, I'd have to say that he doesn't, he doesn't, he's, he's definitely in the top, let's say top five. For me, Wiley is still the, the cream, and and obviously, like he was, let's say, um, you know, let's say in, in terms of a in terms of a battle sense, he was often like beefing with Wiley. Yeah. And Wiley obviously picked him deliberately yeah. because he was really one of the only rappers that could really go toe to toe with Wiley. Yeah. I think there's a massive like mutual respect like for, for those definitely. two grime artists because um the Lord of the Mics D V D Legendary that, that Battle that battle stands out oh, above anything else that's on the D V D. I mean, they're just like, who the fuck are these two? Like this is like it's head legendary. and shoulders yeah. above anything else. Um, it's just unreal it's just like it's so good if you haven't seen it check it out it's, yeah. on, um, it's on YouTube I think well interestingly enough um, Jammer who obviously masterminded Lord of yeah. he's from Leytonstone which oh, is right, where yeah. I live yeah. and um, he's so that they actually recorded it not far from where we are now right. in their basement at their like mum's house yeah. and um, the reason I know a lot of that is because uh, in my local pub in, the, uh, in Leytonstone I once bumped into Jammer's sister right and it was really weird because I was like, once she was like talking about it, I was like, obviously fascinated to hear about the kind of early start of it. And she's just like, to her, it's just, it's cool. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, but she's but just like, it's kind of life. Like, I knew real. all of these people before they were massive. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it's just really interesting. Like, um, I know that Jammer's like doing a new Lord of the Mics with a new generation of artists. Okay. But that, you're right, mate. There was something so, it felt so special. Like, the yeah. Kano Wiley battle was was huge and like I guess it would have been like you know we're talking about like the Illmatic era it would have been like Biggie and Nas just going yeah, back sure, to yeah. back or something like that it's like it would have been amazing it's the same thing at the time back then it mm. was that kind of buzz yeah that's it was what, two of the best eyes that's what we were feeling in the UK yeah which was 
pretty amazing yeah, yeah. so we have like quite a few american listeners so yeah. hopefully if you're listening to this like we're giving you a bit of an insight as to kind of how our scene was in in a similar way to what you would have probably experienced in the early start of the kind of hip-hop uh culture in in you know the states so hopefully it gives you a bit of an insight um yeah i mean for me kano's got to be in the top five uk okay. M- mcs um, so, so let's let's list them then wiley I, I agree with you mate i think is why does wiley top dizzy for you yeah, because I, I think, and we sort of mentioned it before on some other pods, like about people like Q-Tip or Wycliffe, where they're just more than just okay. an MC, like they've yeah. got the total thing. And I think um, Wiley's like legendary status is mm. not just for his power as an MC, but for everything that he's... I mean, yeah. he invented the genre, let's sure, be honest. Yeah. He did He did create grime. He did. So that, that's got to put him at the top. And he's still fucking shelling people now. Like, he's, he's still... He's a G. So... Yeah, MBE. Yeah, he's an MBE. Exactly. So what else you what, what have you done? Yeah, meet the queen if you want. Yeah, fine. fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so I think Wiley's got to be considered the greatest. He has to. I mean, I, I, I can't get around anyone that claims otherwise. Yeah. Surely. Uh, are we talking about the best or our personal favourites? I think let's just, let's just say our personal favourites for now. Well, then, like... For me, like in no order necessarily, like Dizzy, Kano, D Double, yeah, D Double. I love D Double. Yeah, what a guy! What a great guy. Do you he, know what? He's from here, isn't he? No, no, no. Is no, he, Newham. Yes, yeah, not far. It's it's next, yeah, next right, borough. Yeah, right. um, but I tell you what, and we both like him. You introduced him to me, and actually, I fucking love him. Crazy Titch. Yeah, mate. Crazy Titch was serious until he serious energy, like like amazing his voice and like he was just he was just amazing like he really captured something yeah. and like he was nuts and he's probably in the right place for him like yeah, behind right. bars but um yeah he was great so i love to meet him he's one of those people i'd really like yeah. i really have i really have an interest in talking to him about his views and stuff like, yeah i just mate. really like to yeah for sure um, and then i don't what know was that, what was that track um the one with strings sing along sing along yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was great. It. He was wicked, man. <laughs> was like so he good. was great. Yeah, I really liked him. I thought he was. Um, yeah. He was a like, He just had something. And Jamie. Also, Jamie. Yeah. yeah Skepta. Yeah, I mean, I'd put Jamie above Skepta. Yeah, I always found Skepta was like after. Yeah, it was after that. Really. After I really got into it, I like he was a sort of because when people talk about Skepta and he's obviously gone and done amazing yeah. things, I'm just like, but Jamie was just there, yeah. like. So yeah, Jamie probably that'd be in my list. I think, mate. Yeah, sure. Strong. Um, list. It's a good list, yeah, strong list. Let us know if we've we've missed anyone, obviously, because we probably have. Um, got a favourite, like, lyric or verse, or, or where do you think Kane is at his best um, on this album? On this particular album, I would say, um, personally, Signs in Life. Yeah. Because if you listen to his delivery mm. on this track... Um, you can, I mean, to my ears anyway, you can really feel the yeah, pain, kind of the, yeah. the energy from what he's saying. Mm. Um, whether or not he was doing it deliberately, I'd mm. like to think he, he wasn't, you know, I'd like to think it was true, you know, truly spoken from the heart, but like at some points, he's just leaving nothing yeah. behind, you know what I mean? He's just like absolute yeah. getting it, like completely it. does it feel personal, doesn't it? It feels yeah, it does. real. It yeah. does, and I, I love that. Um, so for me, He's, he is best on signs in life. Yeah, I, mate, I, I couldn't agree more. I think he's, um, his delivery on there is amazing. And I, I, I do think that that's genuine. If it's not, like, again, that's just a, another skill set, like, to be able to, like, yeah. channel that. Um, but there's one line that I always really liked and I always, like, think about it every time I listen to the album. 
um, is from Mike Check One Two. It's just one line. Was like, I always knew I'd be rich. Santa knows I had money on my Christmas list. Yeah, it's great. I was thought that was such a cool line. Brilliant. Um, yeah, Mike Check One Two's got some like great um, yeah. like one liners on there. Um, but yeah, he's he's amazing. Um, we, we touched on it a little bit, but what do you um, what do you think this album's impact on the UK scene has been? Um, I mean, it was kind of uh, a bit of a crossover hit yeah. to a certain extent because um, it did, did kind of bring grime artists in a bit more focus in terms of like the mainstream music scene. I mean, for example, uh, Night Night, which is the Mike Skinner produced yeah. featuring Leo the Lion. I remember that video being on box. Yeah, that's right. And like being it's on the beach, right? Yeah, because yeah. our friend, Lukey C, he got his mum to go to Selfridges to get him the same polo that Kano's wearing. Do you remember that? Like lilac and yeah, like, purple. Yeah, that's right. And um, he, he got it and we were like, oh, fucking hell, you got it from the Night Night video. And yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my mum to get it from Selfridges. I was oh, like, ah, oh, wow. classic. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, I always remember like that track was just like kind of big and it's always one of them like a lot of people who don't like grime or don't mm. like that yeah. side of it. If you play it, they'll just be like, oh, what a tune. And like, I think that kind of cut through. So I guess the I think the I think you're right. I think that was the more accessible track from from the from the album. Yeah. I don't really know what it did, mate. I think I don't want to do it injustice, like far from it. But like, it was always "Boy in the Corner" because of the Mercury mm. Music Prize thing. Yeah, totally. And it was that that like pushed the grime envelope through, right? Yeah, really. Yeah, it it gave it credibility, didn't it? And I think so. I don't, you know, I don't want to take anything away from the album because I, I love it and I think it's great but I think Dizzy was really the first guy who went this is grime in my eyes this yeah. is the scene this is where I live yeah um, and you know as a result of that he won the Mercury Music Prize for Boy in the Corner and um, he didn't have the team he did it all himself and all of that kind of stuff so you know I guess the point I'm making is it's a great album but I'm not hundred percent sure what it really did because it was always in the shadow yeah. of Do you know what though, mate? I, I imagine it's a bit like I don't want to do it. No, no, no mate, I think that's a really like it's a really good point. What I would say though is like if um Boy in the Corner was like an Illmatic level, let's say, that like broke the scene and people were like, Fucking hell, wow, this is legendary status, it's amazing. If there aren't the likes of Ready to Die, if there aren't the likes of like other albums coming after it and like creating an equal amount or at least uh, a level of respect where they go, yeah. actually, that's another good album from yeah, that sure. scene. Yeah. Um, then I think that it could have been like, well, that was a bit of a fad and they got lucky and this one album was amazing, but actually this, there's not a culture. Whereas, you know, with hip hop, like, there's so many legendary albums that, that, you know, span sort of like the late 80s, early 90s. And some of these albums that we've, we've covered before, yeah. you know, Tribe albums, Wu-Tang albums, uh, Biggie albums that likes that keep the momentum going. Yeah, sure. And I think that whilst maybe Home Sweet Home's not the best grime album or the one that started it, it kind of kept the momentum going that actually there is quality from sure. that culture, you know? Yeah, so, 100%. So I think that's probably... I know exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so we mentioned Lord of the Mics. Yeah. Um, and the Kano versus Wiley battle. Like We had many a debate about who performed better because I think at the time, I was leaning more towards Kano and I know, like you were always like like staunch Wiley, always. And even now, like I, I still, um, I've changed my perspective because with Wiley, he has this, and we spoke about it, I think, on the Me Against the World episode um, with the Shed Beats Boys about Wiley creating this like rhyme scheme where you essentially rhyme the same word yeah. as your punchline. Yeah, yeah. And he created that, and I kind of saw that at the time as a bit like it's just cheating. Like it's not, 
it's not smart, it's like, it's lazy. And I just didn't enjoy it. And I, to a certain extent, I still, he's the only artist I think that does it really well. And I think a lot of artists imitate it. And I just don't think that they do it justice. Agreed. But Kano's like flow and style and his lyrical content was just amazing. Sure. And I loved that battle. I thought it was wicked. So. I, remember, I remember talking to you about it at the time, mm. mate. You, you were always very much so from the point of view that he was the better, let's say, storyteller or yeah. lyricist. But to my mind, Wiley had that, like, he, he just had that grime feel. You yeah. know, like, he, he was just completely different in that yeah. it was all about, um, you know, it was all about the reload. It was all yeah. about the delivery. It was all about, like, getting people in the room behind him and feeling it, you know, like feeling the vibe, if you know what I mean. Mate, definitely. Whereas Kano was all about like the story and the lyric and that was why that like they were so like such a, it was such a good rap battle. It was great, wasn't it? Because really you could say that's why there's like conflict about who really won it. Right? Mm. Because it depends which way you look at it. Mate, totally. And I'm like, yeah, Wiley, like to me, like he makes me go fuck that is but oh. that's grime like yeah. that is grime and, like to me he was coming across very much so more like a freestyle battler yeah. compared to Kano which almost felt a little bit more like sort of rehearsed and mm. sort of balanced in terms of his prose yeah mate it's a, it's a great shout out to be honest I think who won they both did yeah because that, yeah. that battle went down in like legendary status and did. people talk about it now and uh, it did neither of their careers any damage. Put it that way, it. it helped them both a lot. I so. love like I love the production of the Lord of the Mics video yeah. as well. Like the little um, the little Wiley sound at the start, like, yeah. and it's like, and then it goes um, round one fight. And yeah. it's just like straight. And it's just it's like, like yeah. I love the roughness of it. Like Jam, yeah. I just like just every so often someone would do something and he'd like he'd get a bit of a reload and he'd just pop his head and be like ooh yeah yeah it's like self like turning yeah. the camera on himself so like, good such so a good. The there's also um, on this album on Home Sweet Home it's actually some amazing features and again like we've, we've spoken about this before in terms of the production team like maybe features, at the time yeah. it wasn't like oh my god look who's on this album but looking back on it it's like Getz is on there twice D-double D-double E Demon Mike Skinner yeah like it's it's amazing. Like look at it now, because Getz is huge. Like yeah, you exactly. could argue that Getz is bigger than Kano. Yes, why? DW's status is always going to be there. Like Mike Skinner in the streets. Mr. Now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So it's like really amazing kind of catalogue of artists, and I think this is what we were talking about about the legacy of this album is maybe just pushing that level off to say now there's there is some sustainability of this scene, Definitely. and I think Getz's success in particular illustrates that because yeah, sure. at the time Kano was the big draw. And now Getz is like the main man, so it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, talking about the, the Wiley um, and Kano battles, Wiley and Skepta are in a bit of a set too. Like, where do you see that ending? Because like, they just keep beefing with each other back and forth, releasing tracks. Like, yeah. Wiley, when he's beefed with people in the past, never ended particularly well for the other artists. But what I would say is, like, Skepta's like, mass appeal makes it difficult, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he really liked it. I don't, I don't really know if it, if it's that much of a thing though. Do you know it's weird. I mean? It's a weird situation because they were like quite close. And exactly. Mm. Um, and obviously the the whole boy better know thing. Right? Mm. That's what I mean. I just find the whole situation very odd. I don't know, mate. Like, I don't really know what it like. Whether it's all because you know it's all just sort of putting a bit more, you know, a bit more hype behind the whole thing. Yeah. I like, I don't know if it's 
perhaps a little bit you know perhaps a little bit manufactured or if it's genuine or mm, it's hard like how know. like it's hard it's difficult to understand really yeah but, it's a big story so it does make you feel like if it is cynical it's a pretty smart move because yeah, sure. people are talking about it and it could be a big thing exactly um is a is a little question for you um just to go into the random realms of questions it's a bit wordy this one so bear with me would you rather sell out as an artist and win eurovision for great britain and make middle of the road pop forever yeah, yeah. so you have a decent career money wise but you make shit music or you have one critically acclaimed album make a load of money but you end up being on drugs and booze for the next year just partying and having an amazing time living like a millionaire for a year but you end up spending all your money and live the rest of your life on the dole which one are you picking Eurovision or Dole see I I, I think I, there's there's a case for both one is like the latter yeah you create a legacy then you're going to blaze a glory don't exactly. you exactly and it's like that. At least you you're then celebrated for a longer period of time instead of kind of like just mediocre. Yeah. Right, and know. also, I'd say like most of us will never experience what it's like to be like a superstar. So like to do it for a year, just partying it's and fine. living the millionaire life, just be amazing, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's fine. So I'd probably. I'm gonna go for that. Yeah, fuck it. Live the dream. Yeah, yeah, go out yeah. in a blaze of glory, mate. Exactly. Um, okay, well, that is, we're at the end, mate. Brilliant, mate. I really enjoyed the bonus episode. Mate, that's good. And like I said, we're going to be doing more. What, this one's a bit of a taster in a way to give you an idea of like the concept of it. Yeah. And you can see that it's very similar to the way we approach the normal Notorious POD hip-hop yeah. episode. So the idea is we're going to try and get a guest who particularly loves the album um, that we're talking about so they can come in and give us a fresh perspective. Um, because, you know, we want it to be albums that... Gaz and I, or at least one of us, enjoys, but we'd really like to get a guest who's passionate about it so we can talk to him about it in a bit more detail. So we've got some interesting people lined up um, to come on and talk to us about these these albums. So uh, keep peeled. Like I said, it'll be on the normal feed. It'll just come out and just say bonus, so you should know what that is. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. Um, also, my other podcast, Man's Not What?, um, it's basically one of my friends, Holly, she doesn't understand anything that's going on in the world, doesn't understand anything online, doesn't understand anything that's on Twitter or, or Facebook or wherever. So I bring up three stories every week and I try and educate her on what's going on. We have a lot of fun and laughs in the process because she just doesn't know anything. It's mental. Um, so we go for all of that and then it comes out every Monday morning for you just in time for your uh, Monday morning commute. So uh, if you're interested in that, it's uh, at man's not what on Insta and Twitter. You can follow me on Insta and Twitter at the real John Bass. Um, if you like this podcast, please leave us a nice review and like rate us. Like I know everyone asks for it; it's really annoying, but it will massively help us. The more ratings and reviews we get, and uh, the more people see it, and the more people listen, which would be great, and we can bring you much more delicious content. Um, Gaz, mate, thanks very much. No problem, mate. What we're gonna do? We're gonna get some delicious Turkish food now. We are. I'd love to. Yeah. Well, let's just see where the, the night takes us. Mm, yes, we've got a few crisps and a couple of beer doors. Mm. Live the dream. Um, anything to promote, mate? Anything? Uh, no. Uh, Twitter. Um, Gary Marino seven. Boom. Um, so yeah, just follow me on there. M- majority of my content is um, old school hip hop these days. I think. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. So um, yeah, dream. if you if you like hip hop, uh, if you like music, um, yeah, just. Uh, just follow um, and yeah get at me yeah peace and if you've got any uh, albums for the bonuses that you think we should be thinking about um, then please feel free to get in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram and all that so that we know what to do so we look forward to it alright well uh, thanks very much for joining us and get ready for the next episode peace
This is Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this MIC I brought a couple man alongside of me I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot We got murder stats and guests galore You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics Notorious P.O.D. we're gonna smash it